stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're out here stacking panics. All right, guys, we are one day removed from Independence Day, July 4th. Heck of a day in Wisconsin, the road America. I'm with my friends, Ryan Flores and ice cold blue mountain takes Jonathan Merriman and Chuck Bush, but I can't see them because I am remote from American Fork, Utah and Bill Bar headquarters. So I miss you guys today. You're going to have to carry my slack a little bit. We, we still get to see your face though. So you're on this big monitor in front of us. I can't see y'all's face. All I'm looking at is myself talking and Chuck in the little box. Oh, uh, cause I spotlighted it for everybody so we could record and put it on the monitor. So yeah, he's not, he's looking at himself, which is good. You know, it's, it's that, it's the narcissistic part and of the show. Chuck is the man in the box. I don't like, I don't like this. <laughs> That's weird. Cause like normally like on the zooms, you have somebody else to react to. Like you can see me in the small little window, but yeah, not a good scene, but what was a good scene this weekend, guys? The fans came out in droves this weekend. I don't know. Jonathan Merriman, you don't even go to the races anymore, so I'm not going to ask you. Thanks. Ryan Flores, he was there. He got to witness firsthand. It, it had to be at least a million people, like I tweeted <laughs> earlier. It had to be people there at Road America this weekend. What it looked like. It must have been. I mean, I can only see kind of where we pulled in in the front stretch. You're the only person I know that really got to see the whole track, just the guys that were driving. But – uh but they did such a great job with traffic. There was no traffic leaving, getting in. They did, it was just a, it was a really cool area. We went downtown Elkhart Lake for breakfast. They had a parade going on. It was a, uh, it was a cool atmosphere, and uh, they did a really great job. I think everybody must have been camping because there was nobody in a rush to get out of there yesterday. It looked like four miles of fans. I mean, people stuck up in the woods and the trees. Just, I got goosebumps talking about it because that was the most amount of people I've seen lining the the, the racetrack ever. Um, it, I mean, you, it, the track's what, 4.6 miles long and there was people shoulder to shoulder, both sides, all the way around and Canada corner turned 12. I happened to spin out twice over there. So I got a good, actually, I got a good view. Good 360 of view fans. of everybody. Right. So like, I wanted to make sure I got looked everybody straight in the eyeballs, uh, as I was learning the track there. You learn their track. Oh, no. Merriman, your guy got it done again, didn't he? Chase Elliott, I mean, I said he's going to win all the road courses this year. Everyone. And, and they they act like I'm a big Chase Elliott fan, which I don't care who wins the races. I think he's really good on the road courses. But uh, I'll, I think that the rest of the field could possibly be in trouble because they didn't luck into it like they did at Coda. I mean, they flat out went and, and they kicked some butt. So whatever the five cars had, I think the nine car might have found something. I don't know. You tell me. Well, the, the – well – Certainly, Allen and guys over at Hendrick have something figured out because there was at one point in time Hendrick and Gibbs were the top six cars. So it's no, it's no secret that Gibbs and Hendrick both have have something figured out with the mechanical grip side uh, on their race cars. But uh, Chuck, the latest social media debate that I wanted to bring up is Chase Elliott already the best road course racer in NASCAR history. He's got three wins to surpass Jeff Gordon for the all-time win list on road, road courses, I say yes. I, I would tend to agree. He's got, like, one more to match smoke, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. It's going to happen. Chase Elliott is – we're witnessing uh, one of the greatest runs in road course history. I mean, the the last guy that did it at the level that he's doing it 
was a Hendrick car as well. So, I mean, there's got to be something there. In the Hendrick camp, they must know how to go left and right a lot better than everybody else. Flores is making a face over here. He might have something <laughs> I'm just, I, I feel like uh, Boris said is my top. Is your top is your he just never had the equipment. Wrong okay. fellows, maybe? And you might be right, but at the end of the day, numbers don't lie. Chase Elliott has won 44% of his road course Pretty starts. impressive. That is impressive. Um, so, yes, it does not surprise me to see Chase Elliott start last and drive to the front. I tried hooking like a toe strap up to the back of his car, but if he was going so damn fast, I missed the toe hitch. Get like a lasso out the window and see if you yeah. can hop on. Well, what's crazy to me is he's won at like Road America. It's the first time Cup's been there since, what, 56? 56. 56. Um, track that, you know, not a lot of experience on. A lot of guys in the field didn't have that much experience, yet he goes out there and start, starts in the back because of issues in qualifying and then goes out and works his way through the field. That's just – that shows a lot of talent and skill, in my opinion. And anytime you go to a new track, right, it almost separates the haves from the have-nots even more because – when you have Ford taking their drivers up and letting them run GT500s for a day and a half, or, you know, Hendrick has those track attack cars. They let their guys go down to VIR and a bunch of different places. Then you have the simulators that the guys at the top of the OEM heap get to spend more time than the guys that don't. It almost separates it even more when you only have a 50-minute practice. So that's that's sort of the things that I'm up against. Like the first time I saw the, the racetrack was for first practice. You know, you can get a little bit of, of seat time on iRacing, but it doesn't relate, in my opinion, with the braking techniques and the way the car drives. So, you know, the learning curve for some guys are, are steeper or less steep because some guys are running the Trans Am cars, some guys are running the Xfinity cars. Um, then we saw Kevin Harvick and, and Austin Dillon, some other guys, try to get some seat time there because it's it's completely different trying to learn racetracks the first time. So um, it was definitely interesting to see the guys who can pick it up and the guys had a little bit, little bit uh, tougher time learning the ropes. Dude, Cendric looked like he had the field covered there at one point, and then I guess broke, broke a locker. A yeah, yeah. How yeah, was he good. when he broke? Yeah, well, I mean, he was fighting in the top three. Him and Benedetto had a hell of a battle for the lead, going back and forth. And then I think Kyle Busch was up there in the mix. And I mean, how hard is it to break a gear? I mean, uh, we used to hear about it every once in a while, like leaving pit road. But it's not hard. It's not. I mean, you, you get the wheel hop and you get the wheel hop on one time and every, you try to build everything light, and, you know, so the, so, uh, so the weights, the rotating weights down and you go, you know, into five or you go into one of those heavy braking zones and you wheel hop one time, it can break a gear or a transmission. We saw a 99 brake and transmission, you know, all the, all the, the braking zones into road America are super washboardy just from the years of, of, sports cars and, and stock cars and everybody that runs on there in your braking zone, the asphalt itself is like a washboard. So it's prone to, to wheel hop, but the track itself, man, was a blast to drive on. One thing you brought up was social media. And I think one of the biggest social buzzes from this weekend was your, was your helmet. I think some of the, you got a lot of comments on it there. Got a little, yeah. got, got a little outlandish. Some well, of the comments if you read through them, but I, I I learned a long time ago you don't read the comments, but sometimes it's fun. Um, I got the so the idea of this American helmet, quote unquote American helmet, came from Connor Daly. So Connor Daly painted up his IndyCar helmet this year. It had like jeans on it, and it had like a like a Daly's bud can on top, and like it looked. I was like, ooh, that just screams America. So I got I got to one up him. 
So I just want to figure out how to make the most American helmet ever painted. With that being said, the best concoction of people that I think represent America are these four on my Mount Rushmore. Now there's others you can put on there, whatever. Somebody else can put their own Mount Rushmore, but the four were on there, Tim Tebow, because I was going to put Jesus, Chuck, but I didn't want to lower Jesus's, like, you know, superpowers onto a moral. He's, he's not really American either. He's not really American. Yeah. Hey, who's to say, Chuck? Yeah. He's, he's everywhere. He's everybody. <laughs> he's everywhere. He's yeah. inside of you. He's everywhere. So he did. He does not. He wasn't on the Mount Rushmore. But the Christian one half notch below Jesus, Tim Tebow. Not because I'm a Florida Gators fan. Not because I think he's a great quarterback or even a better tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because he represents Christianity, and I love Tim Tebow. Notch for him. On the helm. And because you love double-A baseball team hats, and he went and played double-A baseball. And I love double-A baseball <laughs> yep. team hats for the Columbia Fireflies, and Tim Tebow played that for like six months and didn't make it. Number two, Abraham Lincoln. The only reason why is because, I mean, honestly, just because his face is on the penny, because we're stacking pennies. Don't read into it any more than that, because that's the only reason why I made it. He's one Number of America's three, greatest presidents. Dale you can Earnhardt. read a lot into that. Yeah. Well, you can't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, but know, I did. <laughs> he was on a penny, and the show was stacking pennies, so it just made sense. I wasn't thinking yeah. past that. Don't, I mean, yes, he signed the Emancipation Proclamation. But beyond that, don't read much into it. He's on the penny. Number three, Dale Sr. Do you even need any reason, Jonathan Merriman, why he made the man rush? Hell no. I'm just glad you had the number four guy on there so I could put him in the title of the podcast and get some clickbait. Thank you, Corey LaJoy. (laughs) Yes, because Joe Rogan, who I love, I love listening to his podcast. I don't necessarily agree with everything he says, but he makes me think about things objectively, and he has good guests, and I love Fear Factor. And why not put Joe Rogan on the Mount Rushmore helmet? Now, to everybody who was bent out of shape about it because they were calling me certain names and this and that and the other, go get your own helmet and paint whoever the hell you else you want on there. <laughs> Don't worry about mine. Off-axis, knocked out of the park, bald eagle, American flag, 10 out of 10, go America. I'm just pissed I didn't make the cut, but whatever. Yeah. Ain't got nothing to do I with two people. It. Why wouldn't it have been oh, us four? No. Yeah, my birthday's us. on the Fourth of July, Corey. I mean, shit. When's Abraham Lincoln's birthday? Not Fourth of July. <laughs> oh, your birthday was yesterday. Yeah. What'd you do? I worked like a real American. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was working. Who Who are you putting on yours, Merriman? If you had a helmet, who? Yeah. Who's, what's your Mount Rushmore? Uh, I mean, Earnhardt's got to be on there for uh-huh. sure. Um, got to have a bald eagle on there, and don't tell me that ain't a person because it is. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, I had a bald eagle on mine. It was on the front. George Washington. I know George Washington would be on mine instead of Abraham Lincoln. Uh, Lincoln might yeah. make the cut, though. Uh, yeah. I mean, Chuck Norris, maybe. How about that? Walker, Ooh, yeah. Texas. What about Lee Greenwood? Rain, uh, no, no. Lee effing okay. Greenwood. Lee effing Greenwood. What about Elvis. No, what about Elvis? not Elvis, and uh, maybe Burt Reynolds. Ooh. Boom. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And, like and the eagle would be. Like the Trans Am Eagle, even though that's yeah. probably a phoenix, but whatever. <laughs> Screaming chicken. A firebird. Chuck, who would be on your uh, American helmet? Well, I'm going to go. I'm going to agree with you uh, with uh, Abraham Lincoln. I'm putting him on there. 
Yeah. Like old Abe Lincoln. He saw him last weekend. Yeah, yeah. He's hey, honest, man. He's just honest guy. <laughs> hey, honest Abe, I, you know, I'm I'm a fan of the history stuff. I like his stuff. I'm going to have to go with probably Martin Luther King. Solid. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln. Um, I mean, Dolly Parton. I'm going to throw okay. Dolly on there. Well, nine to five, actually. Yeah, just because of, you know, everything that she's done with education and kids and all that and book learning. Um, mm-hmm. And then that, that fourth slot, mm, that is a tough one. Let's go with the king, Richard Petty. Ooh, all right. I like that. Yeah. Mount Rushmore. Pit Rogues, Ghosts and Woes Analysts, who you putting on there? I'm going to put uh, Chuck Bush's face from every single war that he reenacts. <laughs> so, like, every time like, he's – every, like, now, every different on, soldier he is. Hang on. Remember when th- there was a couple funny jokes last week about Chuck camping, going camping? Yeah. Well – we, we got the real story into where Chuck was camping. Chuck reenacts Civil War. It's called battles. LARPing. It's not LARPing. It's living history. <laughs> it's live action. So I would play. put, yeah, every different mustache you have, like every different face from every different era award. You know what you should do? You should recreate Corey's helmet with Chuck reenacting those people. So Chuck <laughs> their facial Tebow. Yes. Yeah. Well, two of them have chin straps, Tebow and uh, Lincoln. So, you know. Tebow had a pretty sweet, like, uh, Friar Tuck. Monk mullet haircut. I, he was a rookie. In our group chat this week, I saw that there's a lot of good Chuck memes on on my phone. Chuck memes? Yes. I from like Chuck Bush? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From, they, from, they, they made gifts back yes. in the day. Gifts. When? That's what it is. Yeah. The if Civil you, War people made no, no, gifts? No, 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 no. no, no. Oh. If you type in Blaney into this, NASCAR. Oh. look who yeah. pops up. I pop up when you type in Blaney's Blaney, name. Yep. So. Search my name, see what happens. Nothing. Probably a dumpster oh. fire. I do. Someone who didn't have a dumpster fire of a weekend uh, was Kyle Busch, just to bring it back to racing a little bit. Mister One Hundred and One yeah. Dalmatians himself. One Hundred and One wins, man. I would like to go. Actually, I wouldn't like to. Like Merriman, you can do it because I don't want to go. <laughs> go back and like see how many lucky breaks in that One Hundred and One Kyle Busch has gotten. Because to be like the the age old saying, right? You'd rather be lucky than good. Well, Kyle Busch is both. Like, you don't win 101 times without getting lucky breaks because Kyle got shoved off the racetrack, pitted before, when nobody else pitted, that the leaders didn't pit, and drove back to the field because everybody else had a set of tires laying or we used them up or whatever the case was. So, like, you know, he makes his own luck a lot of the times, but Kyle Busch gets pretty lucky more often than not. Well, he's a real thing, baby. The devil's advocate, Charles. how many would he have won if he didn't have bad luck at some? You could argue that, like it all offsets. The, yeah. Now I didn't. Even, I didn't really get to see the cup race. To be honest with you, I saw Chase one, and now it's about all the highlights that I saw. I was backwards twice. That was not enjoyable. <laughs> I mean, the the things I saw from the cup race, Austin Sinek did really well, then broke. Matt Di Benedetto had mm-hmm. a short run car, and he could get up there and look like he could do something, but then Kyle and Chase caught him. So that's pretty much if you break it down. Cendric was strong, then broke. Di Benedetto fast, then not fast. And then the guys who you normally think are going to be up there were up there. 78 had a day at the beach. Every yeah. time we were on the racetrack, he was in the sand pit. Uh, but I will say that something that was floating around on Twitter, it's a four-and-a-half-mile racetrack. So your caution laps into caution time is going to be long. There was one stretch where – 
I think we ended a stage under caution. Yeah. And sure, then, the caution was two to go yeah. at the end of the first stage. So that was like, I mean, I think we had close to 10 minutes of, of caution time. Which oh, it was 22 minutes of yellow. Well, there you go. So that was that was a little long, but yeah. it comes with the territory. That racetrack is, you know, I think it's one of the best we go to after, hey, after seeing that let's race. Talk, let's talk about it a little bit more. I thought I about this. I think there's like their slogan or something is the state park of speed or, or America's national park of speed. America's national park of speed. And that hits the nail on the head. They've got walking trails that are right parallel with the racetrack. They've got uh, disc golf courses. Speaking of disc golf, we'll talk about, uh, <laughs> yeah, got it through the steering wheel. Like of a, of the fridge. Oh, geez. Later in the show. Um, but like there's go-karts going on, there's there's camping, dude, there's so much stuff to do. That was my first time on Road America, and I was blown away. If so if I was a fan, right, and I was looking for a race, if I could only pick three races a year, I could go camp at. I'm picking the five hundred, Road America July fourth, and Talladega in October. If those are the top three you gotta go to. Because Road America blew it out of the park, and I wasn't even expecting. I I was wondering about the cautions. If um, I was kind of sitting there wondering this while you guys were out there, like we were getting ready to pit, and um, I was like, could they put another restart zone halfway, like so you don't have to run a full lap? You can run a half a caution lap, or you have four if it's four mile tracks. Like, would that would that even be a, a plausible thing to go green on the backstretch if you had another? you know, another spot to do that. So that way you're not wasting all that time. Doing what, local caution. What if they put in an no, access no, road? Not even, we can't really do a local caution because these yeah. cars are a little bit hard to what get What if out they of. split the racetrack in half with an access road, connected it with a bridge for the fans, and then instead of running a four-mile caution lap, you run a two-mile caution lap, which still gives you plenty well, of time to work on your race but car. But it hurts the distance of the race. You must, <laughs> yeah. you ever seen Senna? You must respect the distance of the race. Where if you, like the... Right. Once you pass pit, once you pass the start finish line, if if you pass the start finish line and ten seconds later everything's clean up, you got to come all the way back around and restart. Where if you can start, you know, on on the back straight, you know, at at the halfway point, I see what you're if you saying, could go yeah. green, you know, you'd save yourself a lot of time. And I wonder if that's something that that's possible. I mean, anything's possible. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of things logistically that would have to come into consideration which i know nothing about what's the well, caution lap speed are you 30 maybe 40 miles an hour so pit road speed right jeez i mean that's that's over what five hard. minutes a lap yeah, over five minutes a lap it's a lot yeah. under caution it's a lot but let's not let's not take away from how i don't i mean would I love to be down in Daytona Beach, July 4th, fireworks going off over the super stretch? Yes. Seems like that ship has sailed, and they've kind of nestled their way into the last regular season race, which I'm okay with. Now, we dabbled with Indy. Indy was a flop because, A, it's a billion degrees, and Indy, eh, you know, whatever. Hey, the damn finishes at Indy the past couple of years have been fantastic. Big Rex, love it. Anyway, so, yes, going. you're not wrong. And good thing we just scrapped all those good finishes. Now we're going to go to the road course. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, dude, Road America is a spot for the July 4th weekend for the, the foreseeable future. I, I was opinion. wondering what if Wisconsin is the spot, but this is my short track roots, 
if we built a track maybe somewhere close to Milwaukee, maybe a mile long, uh, maybe mile? maybe uh, in the fairgrounds. There might be some land. Call it the Milwaukee Mile. Put some lights up. Run a night race there for the July 4th weekend. Hey, you look at that area, too. Like, there's a ton of people that come out of that area. A Sauters out of that area. Kenseth out of that area. Dick, Dick Trickle. Trickle out of that area. Smoking cigarettes in a race car. Corey, get you a pack. Have any of you ever been there? From Derek Jones from up there. So, Have you guys ever you know, been there? I, where? Milwaukee Mile? No. Hey. If I had a if I had a vote for an oval or a road course, I'm going two hands and two feet up for an oval um, because we're NASCAR. We are not SCCA. But as a NASCAR fan, I will say that yesterday I was not working, and I was able to uh, have a nap on my couch during some of those long extended cautions and not miss much of the action. So, you know, for me. As a fan who's, who loves a good NASCAR nap, it was perfect. Let me t- let me ask you this much. The moonshiners, they turned left and yeah. right, didn't they? Yeah, hey. They didn't just left turn Barney Fife out of the rear view. They'd take a couple rights. Yeah, they, they went, then they had to come up behind them. Oh, there you go. Dump them and dump his ass out of the way. <laughs> enough about road America. Enough about road courses. More about Pitbull because you know what? Pitbull uh, bought yeah. 50 NASCAR. Armando. <laughs> Armando making big moves. That was a huge move. Monday? That was a boom goes the dynamite moment if there ever was one. That was, I think that was Wednesday. Two, Wednesday, one. yes. Yeah, yeah. I, it all blurs together. Dude, that was the best kept secret in the NASCAR garage in a long time, which tells me two things. One, it happened very quickly. And two, um, it was a healthy amount of money exchange. Well, good for Chip, though. 20 years in the sport. Had Sterling Marlon Cuckoo's boys driver almost won the championship. Had a pretty successful cup career, Chip did. Yeah. Where does Chip <laughs> – where do you think – You got nothing? He's he's a, He's got uh, Pitbull on his iPod. He's just rocking out. <laughs> I, yeah, I've never – I mean – I Whatever he does. What's that thing he does? I don't know. <laughs> Flora, he he's got uh, Flores has, has been cupped a little too hard today, and I think all the blood has gone from his brain to his biceps it, right here. It blew my mind, but like, yeah, it's going. You know, the sport there, the sport is going through. I've I've been in the sport for 15 years, right? And I, and you've been doing it. You've been kind of down here and in the sport with your dad for your whole life. And this is the biggest change that the sport's ever gone through. And it's not just the, it's not just the car. It's it trickles down to everybody. Like everybody's seen it. The ownership, yeah, like it's a changing of the guard in, in 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 five or ten years from now. I saw something yesterday that that talked about Hendrick's driver lineup from five years ago. You know, or Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, Casey Kane, and uh, you know, now it's Mark, Mark Martin, and now it's you know, now it's all all kids that that you would have never thought would be there, and they're just as they're just as dominant now as they were then. And with Jeff so. Gordon coming into that. That vice chairman role, and you got Collett coming in. Like, I mean, yeah. the Cup Series next year is instantly younger from an ownership well, side. You hit the nail on the head when you said it is a changing of the guard. Like, that is exactly what it kind of feels like. And when we were in the Hall of Fame doing the interviews with Chip Ganassi and Justin Marks, like, that was the thing that they kind of hit on was that Justin, you know, has that respect for the sport and the spe- respect for – Chip Ganassi racing that, you know, it's almost, it's not like they're doing away with it. It's how do you carry on that legacy? 
how do you carry on the legacy of those cars and that team because they've done a lot in the sport yeah and there's also history there too i'm sure the people that you know have been up to date on the sport for the past 10 years like justin drove xfinity cars for for chip he won mid ohio in the rain form a couple years ago so like there's been a relationship there and now now Justin's dipping his toe into the ownership game now he might have dipped his toe in it this year but he's about to jump in the deep end of the pool next year with two cars, two charters, um, which also puts one man out. Uh, right now we have Kurt Busch and obviously Ross Chastain over there occupying the two Chip Ganassi seats. Um, and they've already announced Daniel Suarez is going to be in that 99 with remain in that car. So that leaves one seat and more guys going to be out. So who do you think Merriman is, who is the leader in the clubhouse? For that second track out seat. I don't know. You look at everything Ross Chastain is is a, you know, been through having a ride, having it taken away, you know, thinking he's everybody thinking he's gonna gonna get the the forty two last year. They put Kenseth in the seat. Like you'd hate to think that that ride goes away from him. I'd like to see him in there and 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 have a little bit more consistency. New race car next year, so I'd like to see what he could do in it. He's been running good, too. I mean, he runs seventh here at Road America this weekend. Like, Ross has been strong the last six weeks. So, um, it's cool to see him really showing what their potential is over there in, in the 42. Now, that's the uh, – the, I think the next domino to fall, I think that's the biggest silly season domino to fall, I believe. But there's some other big ones. Uh, obviously, Demi's been pretty vocal about trying to acquire a second charter, in which case that would push Kurt – now put Kurt in a situation to probably be the leader for a second 23 XI car. I'm going to say that's probable. So plausible. my question probable. for you is, is, you know, obviously a young driver in the sport. Do you, what helps these guys more? What helps Suarez more at track house? What's going to help, you know, Bubba at, at 23 XI? Is it going to be another young, hot driving talent come in? Or is it going to be a guy that can help build a notebook like, you know, a Ryan Newman, a Kurt Busch, somebody like that that might be on the tail end of their career but need that could possibly work with a guy and, and help him out. That's you a want great, a mentor? That's a great question. And, I, and I'll, I'll let Brian answer that before I toss him my two cents. There's no better year, like, with, with the, the potential that, that Brad is leaving us to go to Roush, right? There's a lot of talk about that. Some of the conversations we have is like there's no better year to have somebody changing teams because they're not going to take anything from this team to next year, right? The cars are different. Now, do you, do you want to find people that you can build a team around? Yes. Are there drivers that are just going to drive and not bring much to the table? There are, there are that. Is, is Ross Chastain that? No. Like he, he's going to work at it. Corey's one of the guys that like – because because of these guys like Corey and Alex Bowman – and even Matt, who have who have kind of went and driven these cars that um, that weren't very good, the BKs of the world, and you've had to work on, you know, building yourself, doing the best with what you have. Then you get better equipment, and you're you're even better than you were. But but the problem is, I don't know that it's real sexy to punch above your weight class in the Cup Series as it is to go win some Xfinity races. Uh, so. It's just going to be such a changing of like just such a changing of everything next year with this new car that maybe the guys that have built the notebooks for years and years with with you know big spring truck arm cars like we run now uh, maybe they get phased out too because you can get if you look at it man it's and and these teams they're smart but that whole Hendrick Motorsports stable 
all four of them guys together are not making what Kyle Busch is making on his contract, right? So that is going to come into the factor. They're going to start looking at like they're going to start looking at it from all the way down of okay, if I can get uh this kid for one, one tenth, one tenth of what I'm paying another guy, we're going to do that and put our resources somewhere else. So that there there's a lot of there's a lot that goes in the factors other than just pure driving talent. Yeah, that's pretty well said. I mean, like, you know, the the economics of this thing have, have always been a little bit exaggerated, and I feel like NASCAR doing their best to try to get some sort of a rain on it with this next-gen car. So, but to answer Merriman's question specifically, I think you, you've got to get guys that are motivated, and you've got to get guys, you know, that have something to race towards. Now, like, I don't want to name names, but you, you, you know, some guys are on the tail end of their career that have, you know, seems like they're just showing up for a paycheck and, and riding around. You know, you, you get a guy like Ross who's driven for premium motorsports, driven for Johnny Davis guys. Like he's got something to prove. And, you know, talking with Justin last year on, you know, possibly doing a deal with him, you know, before Suarez jumped in there, you know, there was only a short list of guys that he'd be interested to put in his race car and, and, Ross was on that list. So, you know, I would, I would say just from reading the tea leaves, I feel like Ross is probably the, the leader in the clubhouse for, for that. Now, you know, whether that's, you know, if there's other options on the table for him, I don't know. But, um, you know, it's pretty cool to see what Justin's doing in the sport. And as he's obviously investing a lot of money to the into the future of the sport. So hopefully it works out for him. A lot of stuff moving and shaking on the old ownership and driver side. Silly seasons. Tune in every week for your latest and greatest rumors. We're about to go check in with our good friend Ryan Flores on some pit road boats and woes on some Road America stuff this weekend. And maybe some, you know, stadium truck, a little bit of a heated exchange there on YouTube that people might have, might have saw. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, guys, we're back with a quick little segment of Pit Road, Boats and Woes. And our good friend Ryan Flores is pitted right in front of me this weekend and did not seem like the two-car had a very strong week on Pit Road. What Ooh, happened? Yeah, we had a, maybe our worst weekend ever. It, it was a rough week for everybody on Pit Road. Like, I didn't see much great. I did see the 18 beat the 9 car. I didn't see them. I was standing there next to uh, Jeff Cordero, the rear changer of the 18, because we – you know, road courses like that, everybody's on the lead lap. So pit road's very congested. Of course, the first pit sequence, you were right in front of us. Then uh, it was us. It was you, us, and Blaney. 
and we were yeah. all pitted right next to each other. So you actually let us go, and then you stalled at the first stop, and I was telling you to go. I'm like, hey, man, uh, go. I was trying. Track's out good. there. So a lot of guys, so I've seen 34 as well. I think some other guys, too, stalled at pit road because you run a, such a tall first gear so you can you can actually be on the racetrack in first that when you, you don't think about trying to leave your pit box and you dump the clutch to what you think first gear is and it falls on its face. I did that every single stop. I stalled the damn thing like I'm like I'm Jonathan Merriman riding around trying to figure out a shit. That's what I felt. Merriman just just exited the building to go uh, let our guest in, but uh, but yeah, it was tough for everybody. A lot of jump early penalties too. Um, what happens there is the with the backward stop, the tire carrier. We actually got one on the first stop. Um, the tire carrier leaves in a different spot, actually closer to the car coming in. So they tend to cheat um, running out early and uh, leave the wall a little early. And NASCAR said they were going to work with the guys a little bit. So I think maybe some guys got a false sense and maybe took too much. And there was actually six jump early penalties the first sequence. So, uh, so yeah. Um, but pit road, like the 18 beat the nine off pit road on the last stop. But nine car drove back by him. And, uh. Didn't I did not see any gas cans go down pit road. I didn't get to watch the Xfinity race, but I was surprised at that. And uh, I am excited to be done with backwards pit stops for a couple weeks and go to Atlanta and New Hampshire. But Atlanta here is going to be a uh, a pit competition for sure. We're, we're only two more, three more weeks removed from another backwards pit stop at Indy, right? Yeah, Indy and Watkins Glen are almost back to back. I think I'm not sure. Dang, you're yeah. be the backwards pit champions. Uh, not if yesterday. If we have the back, if we have the backwards pit stop again, we'll probably be knocked out of the playoffs. Let alone not be the champions. But, uh, but yeah, focus forward, ready to go to Atlanta, and uh, it's going to be a a hot one down there in Georgia, and it's going to be tires wearing out and a lot of pit stops. How many how many pit stops do you do you think we're going to go through on Sunday? If it was the old package, what we used to run, you would pit. Um, you so you would split the segment a little bit more because your fall off would be even greater than it is now uh, with a little bit less motor and a little bit more downforce. You're less apt to like say in a stage where you'd pit three times, maybe you'll just pit twice now. Um, but uh, like been there done 12 pit stops. I think we'll probably end up doing eight this weekend, uh, depending on how cautions fall. But, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd be prepared to do in the, in the double digits though, uh, depending on how many sets of tires we get. Talk about a woe, changing the subject a little bit, shifting gears to the stadium truck race with Bola Mastis and this big guy who got in this pissing contest wanting to fight each other. Did you see that video? Yeah, I watched it, and I watched Robbie Gordon's reaction to it. Um, I was embarrassed for the guy that wouldn't take his helmet off. Uh, I was hoping that our friend Greg paints the other guy's helmet that got smashed. <laughs> and I was like, like that thing like Gronk. Ever since I built, and you you probably think the same way because you built all your own race cars and I do all this, but like when I saw it get smashed and then like the cups come out of it with the radio and everything go flying, I just thought about how much that cost at RE and I'm like, oh man, that guy's got to go get all that done. Dude, this whole helmet's trashed. But, and then there's another one. I wish I wish this one day, Chuck, this will be a video show where we can actually rip these clips off the internet. Another guy... In some damn oh, that one I tagged you in. That one you tagged me in on Facebook. This guy gets wrecked, and the car, the guy who wrecked him, still under under caution, and the guy runs up and tries to just kick the door of his car and shattered his leg. Breaks his leg. It was a street stock race, some dirt track. What a dumbass! 
Well, what do you think was going to happen? Uh, yeah, so, like, man, I grew up Blue Junkyard, Wall Stadium. You know, I've gone to a fight and a race broken out at times. But I, I, there's a better approach than running and kicking a Monte Carlo in the door at speed. There's a better way to get your point across than breaking your I leg on the roof. the race because your leg will not be an 88 Monte Carlo street stock. It ain't happening. But is there ever that moment where, like, you're so heated, you're seeing red that you're not thinking straight, and you just do – it's like, I immediately regret that decision. I mean, I don't – I can't say I've ever been to that point where I'm seeing red and I can't control it. What I mean, doing? yeah, no. granted, if there's – I'm not going to go kick a car. Like, that. that's that's one of those things, like, but I'll punch a wall. Skip can tell the story of what I did in the Snowball Derby a couple of years ago when some guy – I was – we broke a a track bar my my car came to rest about six feet off of the the pit road wall and some some guy jerry artuso matter of fact i don't know if he was looking down his gauges or what he was doing but he wedged his car in between mine and the pit road wall like it i was like had my helmet off and this jackass comes there and jams it in so it was an accident the guy was looking at his gauges Oh, but completely boneheaded move. Well, right? like it, the only it, reason <laughs> that ahead. we knew it was a thing is because obviously, Chuck, these guys are in the pit stall right next to us. Yeah. Like, so Corey walks back, gets back to the pit box, and is trying to fight the guy. And they're, and I'm like, no, wait no. a minute. Well, yes. Yeah, you're yes. yelling well, at him. And I'm like, that. wait no. a minute. What are we fighting for? We just broke. And he's like, this no, freaking that. idiot. Before that, when I get out, his car is up against the left side door of my car. So I get out and I step on top of this hood and I knew where like the airbox was. So I just grabbed both my feet and jumped up and down on the airbox until I heard, heard it broke. And then I hopped over the wall like a little eight-year-old toddler throwing a tep- temper tantrum. <laughs> that definitely sounds like a pit road woe. One of my favorite things to do is just tag Ryan and like different <laughs> – Stupid race car driver videos on on social media. So maybe we should start pulling those clips every week. All right, another great segment of Pit Road Boats and Woes. We're going down to Hotland this weekend. Tune in next week. I got to go run and eat some built bars here while I'm out here in Utah. But my three amigos, Chuck Jonathan and Skip, are going to take on our special guest, Matt Benedetto, coming off his top 10 run. Also, Chuck, you got to remember to ask him the Would You Rather question because I got some good ones for him this oh, week. We will definitely, like, we're, we're not missing the Would You Rathers. That's part of this. You know, so, like, you know, I, I feel like a little bit of, like, a, a bond with Matt of sorts because him and I started our career at BK. We did the grind. We both spent two years at Go Fast, And, like, we're slowly, like, climbing up the ladder. So, I'm interested to know, you know, how Matt sees his trajectory and see, sees, uh, you know, hopefully his, the musical chair stops and, and he's still holding on to one by the end of this year. But uh, pick, pick on him a little bit. Dig into him. Get a good interview out of him. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And welcome back. We got a... An interview segment without our, our, our host, Corey LaJoy. He had to run off and go eat some build bars or something. I don't know what it was. But we are joined in studio by the driver of the number 21 Ford, Matt Benedetto. Matt, how you doing? Welcome to Stacking Pennies. Uh, and, yeah, welcome to the show. Doing pretty good. Made the hike here from Hickory, so that's a, that's a success. <laughs> we we appreciate, yeah, we appreciate that. I know the traffic couldn't have been bad. It's July 5th, it is. for those who don't know. So, I'm sure you had an easy trip in. Yeah, yeah, that part was nice. We had a uh, had our competition meeting and then rolled straight here. Competition meeting took a little bit longer than we planned. We had a lot to talk about apparently on the road course. <laughs> had a pretty good run going yesterday, and you and Austin Cindric had a pretty pretty good battle going. Probably one of the most exciting parts of the race. So, tell us about the old old 21s day at uh, Road America. Yeah, it was that part. That was good that we. Uh, had some speed, had a good, had a good solid day. You know, not, we still have things we need to improve on, but it was good to have the speed go up there, take the lead, drive away. Um, we clearly had a short run car. <laughs> we were, we were really fast in the short run, tried to manage it the best we could for the long run, but it just wasn't our strength. So, uh, yeah, leading laps and then, uh, finishing the top 10 was much needed, especially with, uh, we've had some rough, rough circumstances this year, like unbelievably rough circumstances things some things out of our control happening but glad to show we've got some good strength as a as a team and jonathan hassler new crew chief a lot of good things well yeah i've worked with jonathan for years you know being in the penske group but uh but yeah you guys with with road course stuff so you've been good at road course since 95 days like that's and you're you're an asphalt oval guy coming up so it's it's interesting to see how good you are at it and you, you mentioned how long the the competition meeting went because man i remember the days when we'd go to road courses and you just get through them and now it's you know almost you know 15 percent of our schedule these road yeah. courses that we're going to or, or more whatever 20 percent of our schedule so the, the emphasis on them now where do you feel like you you hit that hit that stride and really took off was it being in those gibbs cars when they were so dominant or, or what, what was it that you where you really learned how to do that yeah i think i dug in hard on trying to it was something i acclimated with pretty naturally i loved the road course racing it was just fun it like it almost rejuvenates your love for driving a car because you're just wheeling the heck out of it it's fun so um, i dug in hard picked a lot of people's brains mcdowell aj a bunch of people anything i could do to be the best i could at them and yeah when i was driving the 95 holy cow dude those things were freaking rocket ships on the road course i could run like with one eye closed and be running in the top five. That, Those things were fast. I thought you were going to win Sonoma one time. You were up front there. Was that Sonoma? Yeah. Yeah, Sonoma. We were driving through the field. Like, I mean, it was. It felt like everybody else was in reverse. We That thing was so fast. And I can't take all the credit for it. That car was just super good. Um, so, yeah, I think that was a big, you know, that was a big confidence booster too. Like, oh, yeah, get the equipment under me. And I love road course racing. We can, uh, we can make some hay. 
So are you team more road course races or team uh let let's keep keep the ovals let let's keep the ovals in here. Uh ooh. I don't know. I think my answer would be so in the 21 car it's probably was our has been our weakness as the road courses actually as far as from a car standpoint but we're getting better clearly now. So it would, I would be a little biased and base it off of what our strengths are as a team but just for, purely from personal standpoint um i think where we're at now is about where i where i like it you get a good chunk of them they're super fun to drive if short tracks and road courses are are the ones i look forward to the most definitely not where we're going this weekend hot fast intermediate racetrack oldest asphalt on the surface what are you expecting when we get to atlanta uh you know i'm not gonna lie i really wish that we had the low down force package for atlanta uh, so it, it works at some places. Like I get it for like Kansas or Texas. I mean, let's be honest. It's not as fun to drive anywhere. Uh, the high downforce deal, but I get how it works and puts on a good show at certain places. So it's like, okay, you can tolerate it for some, but Atlanta, I'm like, take this off. <laughs> so I do really miss the low downforce stuff in Atlanta because there, there's really no point in having all the high downforce on it because you don't draft there, you know? So all it does is actually just make the dirty air effect worse. So, I've, to answer your question, I feel like I have to be a little extra mentally prepared for this one because you, you got to stay disciplined, not get frustrated being stuck in three and four and the guy's dirty air, you know, five car lengths in front of you because it can get really frustrating. Then you'll start driving the tires off of it and stuff. So um, I think I get a little extra mentally prepared for, for a race like Atlanta. Well, this is the first time in about 10 years that we've gone back to Atlanta twice in, in one season. So I know we, we were there in the summer last year in 20, but what, what can you take from earlier in the year, back in, in March, and apply to July, if anything? Well, our car was pretty good there. Every time we've been to Atlanta, we've been up in the top 10. So that's, that's good. It's encouraging, actually. We've made it through, I think, a bulk of races where I was like, Ugh, we're, we're a little behind. We've been behind, like just – on performance in general. Well, everyone's going to say the same compared to the Hendrick car. So we're, it's no secret. Um, and then all, on top of that, we were at, we've been at a bulk of tracks where it's like, Ooh, these really aren't in our wheelhouse. Yeah. We're just a little off. So I think we've gotten through that stretch and honestly, and then road America, we had a good run. So I was like, Oh, that's even more encouraging. Now we're going to track Atlanta where we've been good at every time I've been there with the 21, which is cool. New Hampshire coming up after that. We've been really fast there. So we've, we've got good, I think some good stuff coming up and I feel our team too is clicking now. Yeah. It's, it's the first time uh, since I've been here. I think I, I really feel like that our 21 team has clicked. Um, so that's a nice feeling. Your pit crew is definitely doing, you know, I practice with them every week and they're, they're hitting their stride, but, uh, but that Wood Brothers team, I was, you know, I, you've, you've been a part of it, you know, Eddie and Len and Leonard. And I was there for 99 with Blaney and uh, really pulling for you to get to hundred. I know like, what what is the pressures of that? And I'm I'm sure you know it's it's hard to put in the words, but golly, I just want you to do that so bad for you and for them, and uh and you've been so close this year, and and I know that 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 there's probably a couple tracks circled coming up that, that you feel like you can get it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, win number hundred is like, it's definitely on the bucket list. Big. T- I I I told my wife that when if I. My whole goal for not myself is like, I just 
desperately want to get win number 100 for the Wood Brothers for the family because you're so invested in them yeah. when you drive for them because you know they're they they're the greatest people in the world. But I uh, I don't in the same sense though I don't like put pressure on myself because um, then you'll just spin yourself out. I go to the racetrack, yeah. do my job, stay focused, and I've been doing this long enough now that I have I'm, I'm much more mentally disciplined now at uh, about to turn 30 years old <laughs> so and been doing this for a while so my mental game is much better than it was you know three to five years ago so that doesn't really like psych me out or put pressure yeah. on myself or anything like that but uh, but you just want it really bad for the family though yeah and Corey, Corey's gonna have you ask what about coming up through BK? Yeah, well, no, that's like the the lessons. I, I think Corey, I heard, I listened to Corey um, actually on another, you know, I don't know what it was, another podcast or whatever, where he was talking about, you know, when he was driving for BK or driving for, you know, teams, other teams, lower funded teams, this going to the racetrack knowing at that point like that there, there was nothing that he could do to win. What is he going to work on? What are the lessons that you're going to learn today? I had to be diligent. Like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Whether it was pit road, uh, speed, whether it was, you know, just different things that he would try to learn. And you see guys like you, like Alex Bowman, who have gotten, you know, big shots after kind of, uh, I think we always talk about it. We, we say it a lot in here, how punching above your weight class in the cup series isn't real sexy. So it's hard to get a, hard to get a, a spot there if you're not winning Xfinity championships or, or races. So just talking about, he, he was wanting to t- touch on, you know, what those, what, what some of those um, hurdles you had to jump coming up were and what were some of the big things that stuck out when you realized you were probably going to make it or, or times that you wanted to be done. Oh yeah. It's taught some of the best lessons ever that I am it makes you really appreciative that that was my path and Corey can relate having a similar path it makes you really appreciative for it because it teaches you things that there's no way you would be able to completely understand and know unless you took that path so I'd say big things were honestly mental discipline going to the racetrack and and knowing your version of wins are different uh, and knowing that you have to make the absolute most of your car and your day and not make mistakes, not beat yourself, and making the most of your car, whether it's like, okay, today our, our making the most of our car is 22nd, you know, and that's a solid day, and we beat a, a group of teams that are much higher funded than us and that we really shouldn't beat. So where that applies, and, and again, you're right, it's, it's hard because you're really having to try and sell and promote yourself yeah. because you're like trying to explain to people like, hey, this – 22nd place finish was a great day for a small team because we beat people on triple our budget, you know, and it's, it's a little hard to explain that to people. And then, you know, you have your social media people that'll just be like, Oh, you suck. Get out of the series. You know? <laughs> and so I, it's, it's good though, because you, you know, then we can sit here and talk about that stuff. Like, Hey, these guys are really good. Or I even thought of this in the race uh, this weekend, like James Davidson was in the, the race and he's a super good road course racer. And I was like, man, if that guy was in a top, car you know he could be running up front or contending for a win you know so you uh so it's good to be able to give people perspective on hey don't beat up on these guys that are driving for small teams like they can have a ton of talent but their version of wins are different yeah cool all right but, uh, oh now <laughs> so, i must answer no, that really that good, was now that was like that you hit it they hit <laughs> oh, nail on the head and, and you know people don't realize like a top 20 is huge for a team like that. Like yep. how hard it is to do that. And then especially like we talking about like James Davidson, 
And it's one thing that I was thinking about earlier when you were talking about working at road course stuff is like how good, like you look 10 years back and you'd have Ron Fellows and maybe not 10, maybe 15 years back where these guys would come into the cup series and, and run well. And now these road course ringers come in there and they can't hang with the cup guys. Like just how good cup guys are, how good the simulation has gotten, how, how much work, you know, everybody's putting into road course stuff. And, and it's really a testament to, to all the drivers and, and teams at how much better they've gotten at it. Oh, dude, it's down to such a freaking science now. Yeah. Like just as the team side is, but then just speaking directly on the driver side of it, holy cow, it is it's actually stressful going to the road courses and preparing for them the week leading up to them and all the work that you put in. I was at the simulator with Joey Hand, who's a really oh, good yeah. road racer, and he helped me a bunch, like just critiquing every little thing that you do. So then when you go to the racetrack that you're disciplined and you're look, looking at things like, Oh man, it, if I, I was slow on free rolling on the entry to turn oh. five and that's two tenths right there. And this adds up and this little tiny bit, you add SMT into the mix oh, right? yeah. and you have more data than you even know what to do with. And you're <laughs> questioning everything. I can only imagine like how much, how much you look at a lap and an oval and then you put it on a four mile road course and you're looking at SMT pretty much watching a video game to see what you can do better. It's, yeah, I, I'm sure that uh, that it can really it, it, more more data is not always good for some people. <laughs> so to speak to that, it reminds me of Saturday night. Uh, yeah, Saturday night. So we practice Saturday, and we only have 50 minutes, and everybody's freaking going off course. So we're only getting a few laps, and um, you can do the simulator all you want. It, it gets you close, but it's not the same as being there in real life like there are little differences you need to do you're driving the real car so i go out there and it was like i had to refresh my brain and and i'm like all right i got the short practice time to be ready to qualify and lay down a perfect lap tomorrow so i'm out there just looking at every single breaking point like okay here nope okay i can go a little bit further i need to go from the 600 to closer to the 500 here and then you're doing that for every single spot on the racetrack and you have to have all that stuff dialed in perfect for the next day so I'm doing that, and then we didn't get much practice time, so then I'd have to look at all the data and make sure that I'm dialed in for the next day, and I'm sitting there Saturday night in the hotel room, and Taylor, my wife, was with me, and, and she was like, could tell I was just so buried into SMT, and I was doing it for a while, and then she was like, you think you maybe have looked at enough? And I'm like, yeah, you know what, I, I think it's time to, I'm just going to frustrate myself if I keep on looking at more, but all the data helped and all that work that you put in help because then we go out and qualify the next day and i like f knew the little areas where i needed to make sure i was perfect and spot on and we had a good qualifying effort. i mean i can imagine it, it's it's hard to stop when i mean you literally have the entire field you can look at right there oh yeah yeah it's it, it can it can like psych you out sometimes <laughs> or you, you can burn yourself out mentally and just be like okay stop you have to make yourself at least i have to kind of make myself stop at a point and, and once you've learned everything, you can learn. Well, one thing that uh, we like to do with all of our guests to try and burn up their mental uh, capacity is ask them a series of uh, would-you-rather questions. Oh, man, I play this game all the time. I like it. Well, and the, these came from Corey. So, oh. uh, yeah. So, the, the first one is, at Bristol, would you rather do the Murph CrossFit workout, then get directly into the car for 500 laps, or run straight up 1,000 laps at Bristol? Uh, oh, man. That's hard. Um, holy 
you really put me on the spot there. So Murph is a, a horrendous workout on uh, Memorial Day weekend. Um, in honor of fallen soldier, it's very cool. It has a lot of great meaning behind it. But uh, that is a one mile run, one hundred pull ups, two hundred push ups, three hundred air squats, and another mile run. I feel like a thousand laps would be a little less intense. <laughs> oh, a thousand laps, man. I'm tired after Bristol, though. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna do Murph beforehand. And I'm really gonna kind of pussyfoot the workout. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna take it. I can't I can't slack off in any of the uh, uh, laps around Bristol. You're not you're not gonna hit the RX marks. No, no. Happen. So I'm gonna scale the heck out of it. All right, all right. So number two, you get out of a hot car this weekend at Road America. Would you rather drink hot muscle milk or eat a melted protein bar? Oh, <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go with the melted protein bar. Okay, the hot yeah. muscle milk just Smart. would be like barf. Milk would be a bad choice. Yeah. <laughs> all right, last one, and this is one that we ask uh, pretty much all the drivers that come on the show. You've got one track and one car for the rest of your life. What are you taking? Uh, you know, that's a good one. I might. This one's fresh in my brain, but just because of how much fun it was driving, I'm gonna say. Uh, Ooh, a, one car like any kind of car period. Any kind. Yeah, any kind oh, of car. Oh, that like, uh, that opens late up. model stock. I mean, if you want like a like a 1985 like hatchback, you could probably run that yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Freaking Monza. Yeah. I'm gonna say a uh, Formula One car at how is it? Bathurst is. Oh, Bathurst. Yeah, Bathurst. Okay. Can anyone ever taking one of those around Bristol? F one one. I don't know. What do you could think you? that top speed is? Hell yeah, you uh, could. It's got four I, wheels on it. I'm not sure what that would be. Anyways, yeah, I w- I would wonder what it'd be like at Bathurst coming down the hill. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That might be a little tight. Oof. That or uh, what's the other one? That's real high speed. Uh, is it Spa. Mm-hmm. Spa is the one where they're wide open through that downhill part. I might actually pick Spa. Spa the French Churches Champion Champion. I can't even say it. Well, Matt D. Benedetto, thank you for joining us on Stacking Pennies. Um, and, yeah, we will have more with the show after this break. Through the magic of editing, I actually came back in time to cover jackpot races. We're going to Atlanta this week. I don't even know, Merriman, if it's worth taking anybody but the five. I mean, like – He's led almost every single race at intermediate, but go ahead, tell the tell the listeners what the first what the first group is. Well, our our defending Atlanta race winner's not even in group one. So you got Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin, William Byron, Chase Elliott, and Kyle Bush. Five. Yeah, five. Five. Right. five. I'm going with the twenty four to be different, and I think the five is going on a little bit. They're, they've come off of their rain a little bit. They got dumped by a teammate this weekend. A couple woes here these last couple weeks, and the 24, the last uh, one went to Homestead, tires wear out, them guys are on it. So I think you might good, be on something. Good point. Group two, Marion, what do you got? Logano, Truex, Harvick, Blaney, Bowman. Go ahead, Chuck, who you got? I'm going to go with Harvick. I think this is where he gets uh, gets back up there. Steady improvement we've seen out of the SHR camp the last couple weeks. Briscoe, I know it's a road course, ran well, finished sixth, tying his career best. We've also seen Eric Amarola and, and the four show a little speed in Nashville. So 
You might be right, but I'm still not hammering the SHR train just yet. It's hard to bet against Blaney. You know, he he was he won the first race there this year. Was strong past Kyle Larson at the end of the, the end of the race there. So I'm gonna go to twelve. I was I was gonna pick Blaney, but since you picked him, I'm gonna keep hammering the Hendrick Motorsports cars and go with Bowman. All right, Group Three: Keselowski, Kurt Busch, Dylan Reddick, Christopher Bell. I'd pick the two, but here the tire changer's not that great. Every week. Every week. <laughs> Every week same, you same say that. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get some new material. Jeff. No, Too look, cool. I think uh, I think Brad might be a little de- undervalued here, so I think I think BK might be the the pick in this group. I saw an interesting stat this week that since the month of March, Chuck, an RCR Cup car has not finished lower than twenty first. Now, not saying they're dominant, but that's showing a strong run um they've had some speed now do i expect austin dylan to go up there and win the race no but i do think he's gonna have a good run it's probably a dark horse here uh in atlanta so i'm gonna go with the three to back you up on that we talked about that this morning just you don't hear his name on the broadcast hardly at all but he's pretty solidly on top of that cut line. I mean, the three teams not running bad. Well, yeah. you were looking at the three. I was looking at the eight and that for pretty much the same reasons that, you know, RCR has, is quietly putting together some good runs. I'm going to go out on a whim and uh, pick the two car. Okay. <laughs> Hitting all five. It, over. <laughs> you, have, uh, you have some equity in that, so you can either make – you can make that true, or you can mess that up just the same. We do know one thing. It's going to be a hot one down there. You're going to be slipping, sliding around. And what will also be the last race on Atlanta's worn-out surface. The past five races have been won by Fords at Atlanta. And this is also the first time in, what, 10 years that we're having a second race there. Does that play into a different trend? I mean, your notebooks from early in the year and late in the year – when was the last time we raced in the summer in Atlanta? Y'all remember when we first went down there when we had the LIS when that was new and it was so cold and everybody failed yeah. tech oh, and everybody yeah. was bitching about it, it was because the metal was contracted because it was so cold? Yeah. I take that back. The last yeah. time we ran there in the summer was last year in 2020. Yeah, my quarter panel contracted in the front of it 300,000 to get yeah. some skew. Yeah. Never LIS. heard that one. Yeah. People now, say some funny stuff to get through tech. Now don't just breeze over what I brought up. Chuck, this is the last race on Atlanta's surface. Now, I will answer your question. Your notes when we were here in March do not apply when we come back here in July uh, because the balance is going to be completely different. Speed, the fall-offs can be more. Tires can be greasy. So density you, might, is up. you might be able to bring relatively the same front-end geometry, but your rear is going to be quite a bit different to make sure you have rear grip throughout the course of the day. And, no, I'm not glossing over what you said, that the, the surface in Atlanta is going to – to change like we're, this is zip the way if you were in charge if you were uh, marcus smith for a day what do you do with atlanta when you repay it well you know we talked about this last time when we talked about bristol you know what i would do what's that? what would you do bank the hell out of it <laughs> yeah. do you think marcus smith listens to this podcast and thinks that jonathan merriman he uh he might just be on to something. He's a wise guy. He's a wise guy. I don't and have to pay him because he just he just spits all his ideas out. Well, I don't know what the, the limit <laughs> is on banking before a tow truck flips over, but it's got to be somewhere between thirty seven and thirty nine degrees. If you, you have just roll a shit down the hill. No, if, yeah, if you have enough banking, you won't have to worry about a tow truck getting up because everything will fall to the bottom. You remember when Newman was it Newman flipped at Daytona or Talladega and he was bitching at him in the car just to flip him back <laughs> over so he didn't so he could get the belts undone? 
Just uh, roll me down the hill. Hey, I was Talladega. But, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff, guys. A lot of stuff to talk about. Big big news week. Yeah, a lot of speculation what's happening down in Atlanta. A lot of things, a lot of, a lot of moving. We're, it's silly season not only for, like, teams. Is Jermaine Dupree going to be at the race? But it's silly season for tracks, too. I'm making that up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so trying to salvage something silly. here, Jonathan. We're silly. That's what we are. Yeah. We're still This is a silly show. These are silly billies. <laughs> and I had to go 10 minutes ago to eat Bill Bars, and I still got to go. So, yeah. you know what? Another great day here in Stacking Pennies. Thanks for everybody for tuning in, subscribing, giving us five stars, reviewing the whole bit. Thanks for everybody that's screaming at me this week, Stacking Pennies. All four of you people that listen to the show, much appreciated. It's gone and down. We were up to 10 last week. Now we're down to four. Yeah, it was off week. You know, we had a good guess. This week, coming back, guys. <laughs> we're going to get to 11. Time. This one goes to 11. This one goes up to the moon. Next week, guys. See you there.